remember back in the day, Columbia, and like the Columbia Records, and you would get like um, for Columbia House, yes, Columbia House, you for one cent can get like 13 free CDs back in the day. Then after a while, then they jacked up the price, and then you get all, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or when you go to the store and you sign up for, like, so to Old Navy, they always ask, like, what's your email address? I'm like, I don't need that. But then you always, all of a sudden you get all these subscriptions. But there comes a time that you need to cancel your subscription because you don't want it anymore. You don't want that lifestyle. Things have changed. you got new revelation of better stores or other things in your life. Sometimes in our lives we need to cancel things that we don't want anymore. And I want to talk about today about a situation that got canceled. So if you turn to Luke 7... What did I say? Luke 7. We're going to talk about when Jesus raised the widow's son. Luke 7, verse 11. My translation is going to be a little bit different than yours, but we're going to be on the same page. It says in verse 11, Soon after, Jesus went with the disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. Say, only son. And a large crowd came from the village with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overwhelmed with compassion. Say compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bear stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited, us, God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and surrounding countries. We have this situation here. We have two crowds following. We have a mother who just lost her son. And we have Jesus. The story right before in Luke 7 is Jesus is in Capernaum. He's healed a soldier that had a slave that was sick. And they're coming from that city, which is about 10 miles away from where they're at in name. And then you have, G- then you have the woman that had a son that died. And so all of a sudden you have two crowds coming and they meet at the gate, it says. All of a sudden the women, you hear wailing, you hear crying. Because back then the women would lead the charge when it came to a funeral procession. And they thought back then, the Jews thought, sin came through a woman of Eve. And so that means death came through a woman. So they chose that they would want a woman to lead the charge. So you have here, we have wailing, we have crying. But then you have, on Jesus' side, the miraculous just happened. So they are jovial, they're laughing, they have a great opportunity. They have hope. But then you have another situation of hopelessness. You have a place that's filled with faith. But they have someone that says, you know, has a fear. What are we going to do? At the gate, there's an opportunity for God to do something. And so it says here, he says, soon after, this, um, after Jesus went to the disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him, and a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was, her, was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion and said, don't cry. And back then, what's crazy is Nain is a small town, about probably three to 500 people. And back then, the whole city would shut down. Listen, this woman already lost a husband. This is not the first time she's walking down the situation with um, these people. And when we, I love when, when I love the situation here is because when Jesus, it says, Jesus, the Lord, his heart was overflowed with compassion and said, don't cry. And my first point is, compassion is not blind or bothered. Say that with me. Compassion is not blind or bothered. 
a couple of weeks ago, I went to Walmart, and I purchased something, and my son Noah came with me, and I was walking out of the store, and I noticed there was a man in front of me that dropped his receipt. I was rushing to go back to the school to pick up Gabriel because he had after-school program, and I saw the, the receipt, and I'm like, I don't have time. But then I'm like, wait, he might need the receipt to return it. And at that moment, something rose up in me. It's like, you know what? Let me pick up the receipt and give it to him. At that moment, I could have chosen to be blind or have compassion. How many times are we like, we're too busy to move, too lazy? And I'm just thinking, he really could have... And you know, sometimes you know those people. When you don't have your receipt, you can't return. They're like, in store credit. You're like, no, no, I want my money back. I don't want no credit. I don't want no credit. And so we sometimes need to make sure we take a pause Take a moment and say, you know what, let me check my heart here. What do I need? Maybe I can help someone in this situation. And so at this moment, Jesus, when he sees her, his heart is overflowed with compassion. It says, don't cry, he said. And what I love about this is he says, don't cry. Prophetically, he already knows what's about to happen. He saw what she was feeling at the moment. And sometimes we need to take the time in our lives. What are people going through? How about you know we're in a generation that we use filters? I love a good filter. Trust me, when my hair is not done, my makeup's not done, black and white's all day, all day long. I use black and white. You can't see what's behind the hair. You can't see what's under my glasses. And too many times we don't take the time to look what's behind the filter of people's lives. How many of you go to work? You're like, I'm going to go to work, do my job, and just go home. I'm not going to talk to nobody. I'm not going to get to no drama, no messes. Right? And we're missing opportunities to do, have compassion. People are going through some real stuff in life. And when we focus in the situation, like, I'm just going to do my job. We're missing out on opportunities. And you know what? We need to have a life not full of filters, but more mirrors. And when I say about mirrors, when you look in the mirror, you see a little bit more. You see the reflection of what's kind of going. How many times you took, if you took the moment to look in someone's life, you can see a little of yourself in there. There was a time when I was hurting. When you see someone struggling. There was a time that I, I dealt with financial issues. But too many times we take, we take the time to judge people or we just do not have time. We're disinterested, we're disgusted, or we, we just do not pick, um, take our time to look into their situation. So take a moment sometimes. When you're at work, you say, you know what, I'm going to choose today to lean into someone today. They might be going, having have a hard time. And so we see here, Jesus says, do not cry. Do not cry. And I want to make sure that I have the heart and the eyes of Christ. And I don't want to be bothered. The most annoying person is when you feel like you've poured out your heart to them and they're just, they don't see you. I remember many times I've called someone and you're thinking, and, you, and you've chosen them for a reason. So that's what's even more annoying about it. <laughs> It's even more annoying. I, you know, I was thinking this week that you know, even men need affection, not just in the bedroom. Hello. Hello. So many times we have men in our lives that are actually having hard weeks. And we don't look, we take the filter, oh, they're a working hard man. Maybe they're not going through something. There's times that men need a hug too. They need affirmation. They need words saying that they can make it as well. And so taking the moment to say, you know what, I want to look at people and not look beyond them. I'm not going to choose to be blind or bothered buy that. And so the other thing what I love about this story is you don't see here the woman even asking Jesus to do anything. Nor do you see Jesus say, wait a minute, I gotta go pray about it. 
How many times someone presents a situation to you, you're like, hold on a minute, let me go pray about it. And you know you have the money in your pocket, right? In the wallet. Or you have the time, they ask you, hey, can you help me for, I'm, I'm moving next week. Like, I gotta check my calendar. You know it's open, you just don't wanna do it. You don't feel moved with compassion. Jesus didn't even ask her, he saw, he felt it in his heart that you know what, she needs my help. I'm not gonna pray about it. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to even you know, worry about it. I know that I have the resources. And you know when God presents something in your face, you might not have the resources, but he can give you the idea to find the resources. That's how God is so faithful and good. And too many times we focus on what we have in our hand or in our possession to think that, oh, I can't do it. It's not my situation to help. Oh, no, why don't you call two, two friends that might have something that can help? Go through your phone list. Nothing is impossible with God. When there's a will, there's a way. And when God is up in and he's presented the situation, he will make it done and make it very clear for you. And what I love also, and I'm so grateful, I'm grateful that we have a God that sees our needs. And it says in Hebrews 4.15, I think it will have it on the screen here. It says, this high priest of ours, understanding our weakness, for he faced all same testings we do, yet did not sin. We don't have a God that doesn't know what we've been through. Port number two that I have here is, stop doing random acts of kindness. You're like, what does that mean? Point number two, stop doing random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness are cool. It's cool. Who doesn't love doing like, oh, random acts of kindness? You know, someone needs a need and I'll just, I'll take care of it. But you know what? What happens if we woke up every morning being mission-minded, looking for the opportunity for God to use us? It's, God does not work random. You think he was like, you know, randomly I'm just going to heal someone today. No. He has, he's a very strategic God. He, he knows his capacity. He knows his resources. When you wake up mindlessly like, I'm just going to live my life, you miss a lot of opportunities. It's in the small things. And I think a lot of times we miss the opportunities because we've lost our sparkle. And I think about my, my cute little daughter, Claire. She has the wow factor for everything. The other day I came home with a Walmart bag with a toothbrush. She's like, oh, a toothbrush! <laughs> Mom, it's purple! I'm like, yeah, it's a toothbrush. The other day came with toilet paper. Mom, toilet paper. Listen, you were praising God too if you had no toilet paper. Listen, we've missed, we've lost our sparkle in the small things. Be home without even an hour without no toilet paper. It is a messy situation. I've been there. We need to get back our sparkle in the small things and say, God, use me today. I might not have money in my back, but Lord, use my hands. I might not have my hands or my sight, but use my mouth. I don't know what you're missing. I don't know what you don't have, but God can still use what you have. Sometimes less is more. Listen. I heard this thing, when you have too much clothes in your closet with all the different patterns and colors, sometimes you're staying there for 30 minutes, what am I going to wear today? Have two pieces of black clothing, you're like, dang, here, here it is, that's all I want to wear. Makes life a lot more easy when you have less options sometimes, right? Less can be more. 
And it says in verse 14, Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bears stopped. They're like, what are you about to do? Because back then, you're not supposed to touch it. You defile if you touch the dead back then. So what is he about to do? Young man, and I'm going to go back to the young man. This is meaning that like he was probably around ages 24, between 24 and 40 years old. He's not like a, a young kid. He's a little older man at the time. He says, young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus came to him. Jesus came to him and, back, and gave him back to his mother. Imagine the mother's astonishment. The son laying there, and all of a sudden, when Jesus says, get up, he gets up, and he starts talking. Listen, I can just imagine the mother now saying, call the funeral director. Stop digging. Rip up the death certificates. Call Service Ontario. Listen, we no longer have to write rest in peace, but let's proclaim raised by power by Jesus. Man, and then she turns around and she says, this funeral is canceled. That's the power that my God has. My God has when through compassion. Listen, miracles happen when you have compassion. If we take the moment, he didn't have to go that route. He didn't, he could have saw the, the funeral go and just go by and say, oh, there's a funeral. Let me get out the way like we all do normally. But he took the moment, you know what? I see this woman. She has a need. I love her. And you're saying, Pastor, but you know what? That's not happened for me. I've had loved ones that's passed away. What are you saying? You know what? I know that's happened. I know death is a sensitive thing. But this is, if you look back over your life, you, you can see where God has been compassionate. He's chosen in this manner to choose compassion to show by raising a boy to life. Maybe in your life he showed compassion to give you a job even though you weren't qualified for. Maybe he gave you some money when you had nothing. Maybe he provided food for you when you had nothing in your cupboards. He had compassion. Maybe when you were busted and broken after a breakup with a stupid boy, he chose... To be the man in your life to love on you and woo you like never before. You've never felt that type of love before. We have a God that's compassionate. He sees your need. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what, the, what you're going through. I don't know where you need God to move. But know that if you look back at the track record, you look at his, ref, his references, you look back at his resume, he's never left you alone. Maybe he didn't resurrect something. Or raise something, but he's done something in your life that you can go back to. Amen. Can we praise God for that, for the things that he's done? Listen, point number three salvation is no small thing. Say that with me salvation is no small thing. I'm just grab my water here, real quick. Guys, it's hard to preach. It's nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. Come on. Come on. All right, point number three. Salvation is no, um, there's no small thing. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience 
and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, his spirit was at work in the hearts of those who refused to obey God. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in his mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead, listen, we were once dead, because of our sins, he gave us life with he, he gave us life. He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have, we have been saved. Six, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. There was a life before Christ. I have a life before Christ. But listen, there was a moment. I don't know when your moment was. I don't know when you had the encounter with Jesus Christ. I don't know when he captured your heart. But there was a moment. There are so many people in our world. We live in a city with millions of people that do know, not know Christ. You walk in your workplace, they don't know Christ. You go to your, the bus stop, they don't know Christ. I don't know, the grocery, go to Walmart. There's a lot of plenty of unsaved people up in there. But we have an opportunity with the power of an invitation to invite them. To have compassion. Do you know anyone that needs to hear the word from Jesus? Get up. Get up from your mess. Get up from your addiction. Get up from your sorrow. There was a moment for me when I was like, I want to get out of this. I remember years ago when I was on the way to giving my life to Christ, I was on the battling back and forth. I remember someone telling me a story of this prostitute they saw. And she's like, oh, look at her. You know, I looked out the window of my job and I saw a prostitute. And I was, you know, at that moment I was thinking, you know what? There's not a lot of difference between me and the, my, that prostitute in the sense that she wears her brokenness on the outside. I mask mine. And in that season, it was a rough season. I was like, Lord, I need you. And I remember hearing God saying, why don't you just give your life to me? And I was in a situation, I was at a, I was at school in a gathering similar to this and say, you know what, Lord, let me give my life to you because you know what? I feel dead inside. With the moment I made that decision, I came, there's something that came with life in me. I got hope. Hope. And I want you to take a moment. Think, take a moment. This week, who has texted you this week that had needed a need, that needed something? Think about it. Just take a moment. Like, who in this week texted me that needed something? Or think about, you know what? Who do I know that's either living a life that's opposing to God or they're struggling, they need something? Do you know anyone? Because I know I can name a few people. There's no reason there should be an empty seat in here. An empty seat is an opportunity for us to extend an invitation to say, you know what, I, we, I know a God that can get you up out of your mess. And we need to take the boldness to start sharing. I know I'm challenging in this season. Like, when's the last someone I invited to church? How are you living at work? Are you kind or are you just rude and mean? And bitter. Like, what church do you go to? Don't, don't name our church, please. <laughs> don't name our church. I want you to really take a moment. I want to give a moment for everyone to think about someone and you, that you want to commit to prayer this week. 
that needs compassion. Because this story here has very little to do with the boy raising. It's more about God looking at the woman, having compassion, than raising up. Because listen, that opportunity of compassion opened the door for, the, for him to be raised. And when you think about the person, think about a person that you know. Because too many times I find we rush and we don't take the time. I want us to take a time right now to actually really think about it. Who do I know that needs help? And maybe you're saying, you know what? You know what? I'm actually the person that needs help. I'm actually the one struggling. I've been dealing with suicidal thoughts. I'm the one dealing with that I've been abused. I'm the one that's, I'm dealing with whatever issues. And I need help. Take a moment, reflect. I'm challenging this church to go to the next level. We need to raise our faith. We need to raise our prayer life. I'm raising my prayer life as well because I believe that God still does miracles. I believe that God still does breakthroughs. I believe that God can do the the supernatural. I'm not relying on my natural strength to do something. I'm really believing God to do something. Take a moment. Who in your life that you know that's struggling, that needs a lifeline, that you're going to commit this week to have compassion. Send them a text this week. You're going to send them a letter. You're going to send them an email. You're going to send them some cookies if they like sweet stuff. You're going to look. You're going to take the moment this week and say, you know what, this person, I'm committed to prayer. I've been too busy thinking about myself, thinking about all the things that I have to do, thinking about how I have no money. I've been thinking about me, 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 me. The moment you stop inviting people to church, it's always about you. It's not about us. It's not about the gospel. It's not about the good news. And this time, just think about what, what's, what can I do? What, who, can I, who can I extend that invitation to? Take a moment. This is a moment. You've been saying you're too busy. Well, this is a moment now that you're not busy. That I've captured you here at this moment to do that. Believe that God can move in that person's life. And then also next, you got last week, and we'll hand up more um, some Easter tickets when you come out. And the things that we're asking five people that you know in your own life that needs Jesus or needs hope know that we're a hope dealer not drug dealer, we're a hope dealer that we have hope and go back to you know. sometimes we don't reflect on the story how we met Christ we need to think about that story more than like not every couple like months or years, think about that story your love story with Christ, where were you remember what happened before your life and so think about five people that you know in your circle and then let's take it to a step farther, let's get some boldness, let's go to Walmart lines and say hey have this, have a great this event, this Easter event at my church, you would probably love it and start challenging yourself to raise the bar of your evangelism asking people, inviting and you know, you're not just inviting someone to be like some a great we're not thinking about a great party, a great church event no, no, no we're inviting someone to walk over from death to life no, when we were first come to this world, we were literally on death row, literally we were waiting, the, the time was gonna come but one day Jesus found us. And I love in the story, he, he touched the coffin. He reached out to the dead thing and raised the dead thing to life. 
right? There's many dead things in our lives that we can do. And so the last part in this story in Luke 7, 16, it says, Great fear swept the crowd. They praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Don't you know? There, when, you, when you tell your story, it could potentially from hundreds of people can hear after. And listen, it's this one small story we heard that we're still talking about it. What's your story? We have no idea how many people it can really affect. We really don't know. And so I think about when I was working in California, I worked for Feed the Children as a supervisor. And I had um, one of my clients that I had, she came to work one day. And she's like, oh, you know, I can't really work that well. I have my stomach hurts. I'm like, what's wrong with your stomach? And then all of a sudden she proceeded to lift up her shirt. Her husband has been beating her. And I was like, oh, my word. And I had some resources at the time for my church um, that I was able to give to her. But, you know, even more, when I saw she had a broken heart from being beat down from her husband beat down from he was also cheating on her and the lady was actually like stalking her at her house but not the opportunity like not to extend resources but I got to share the gospel with this lady and to see her now bring her kids to church her lives changed her to share the gospel with her husband the power of God's story Think about it. and think, Don't think about, oh, I just want to invite you to a cute church. No, think about the power of changing someone's life, their community, their destiny. Like Literally, life gets changed by that. And so do not be blind or bothered when an opportunity of compassion comes up to you. Not only, do not be random. Not only just to wake up every day and say, I'm going to be mission-minded this morning. Maybe you know someone in this house that needs help. And it could be the small things, a phone call. We have people that are sick in our church. Maybe just call and encourage them. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry that you're not feeling well. You know, this AJ hasn't been well. She's been gone for eight weeks at church. She's missing community. Dwayne Cummings has also been in and out of the hospital. He's missing community. There's people in our house that a simple text is, you know what? Thinking about you. Thinking about you. Listen, if you enjoy this message, give God a praise. <laughs>